This is the Florida Spectacular Podcast with your hosts, Kathy Silustri and Rick Kilby. Keep up with Kathy at GreatFloridaRoadTrip.com and on Twitter and Instagram at Kathy Silustri. Find Rick on Twitter at OldFLA and visit his website, RickKilby.com. Now, discover a Florida you never knew existed. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to the 2024 edition of the Florida Spectacular. Happy New Year, Rick. Thanks. Same to you. It's fun. You know, what was nice about this holiday season is it felt like the holidays for most of the time in terms of the temperature. Yeah, it was three degrees out. Three degrees? I mean, that was the feels like. (laughs) Three degrees in Florida. Instead of Fahrenheit, we have Florida height. (laughs) Florida height, yes. Three degrees Florida height, which is roughly... 50 degrees anywhere else in the country. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, so a uh, new year, new adventures. I had a uh, post on my website, greatfloridaroadtrip.com, about one of the things I want to do this year is more road trips. And that was inspired by our last two podcasts. So very excited you- about that. I have been thinking because I was thinking the the theme. I've done three hikes in the last couple of weeks over the holidays. You know, not long ones, but short ones. And the common thread was water. And what I noticed is, if it's clear, rushing water, I want to get in. You know, I want to jump in. There's an instinct from when I was a kid. We'd see creeks and stuff, and we we wouldn't stay dry very long. But if it's swampy, mucky water, I kind of resist the impulse i really don't have the impulse to jump in is it well you don't want to jump in nobody jumps into water you can't see the bottom that's true florida rule number one you can't see the bottom don't jump in i have broken that rule enough that i am surprised to be alive and intact i have 10 toes 10 fingers all my ears so uh but you can hike through it you can walk through it I remember as a kid, we had a place in Wallaca, Florida, and there was a long dock that went out into the St. John's River. And we would just get a running start, run down the dock, and just jump into that water that was, you know, like root beer. It was tannin stained. You couldn't see anything. And there is a story that, that somebody jumped on right on an alligator once, but I don't remember even seeing alligators when we swam. You know, the, the, fa- the place was full of all sorts of critters from uh, blue crab to eel and things that you wouldn't want to swim with, but we never encountered them when we jumped in. And it, you know, was part of growing up in Florida. Well, I mean, my dad worked construction and he always said, you know, you don't go in any fresh water. There's always, always, always a gator in it. Um, that same father and mother had no problem sending me tubing down the Rainbow River with the church youth group. So, you know, clearly the rules are elastic. <laughs> Most rules are. Yeah. I live on a little lake. I've never seen an alligator in there. Now, it's all, there. Never seen it. And what I was told when we bought this house, no one has ever seen an alligator there. But there are lakes surrounding us, and I have seen individual alligators in those other lakes, which means they could easily walk over. But usually, when a lake appears in one of these residential or an alligator appears in one of these residential lakes, they call somebody calls FWC and they come and get it. Come and get it. That's a that's a very kind way of describing what happens. Right? I, yeah, I don't know what happens. I just know that, that the alligator tends to be gone because generally, you know, there are people walking small little yappy dogs, which 
probably attracts alligators. <laughs> Feeding alligators attracts alligators. So, so, so I will say to you and all of our listeners, in Florida, we are disproportionately scared of alligators and shark. But what we should be scared of are dolphin and wild hog. Okay, that's 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 you are you are in much more danger if you're walking around through the wilderness and you come upon a wild hog. Wild hogs are real stand your ground type of animals, whereas gators, by and large, want to be left alone. I right? yeah, I hogs freak me out. They are they scary. Should. They're scary. They're wild yeah. hogs are horrible. Yeah. It's the only animal in Florida that doesn't have a season, and you don't need a specific permit. You can just hunt them. Because they're bad. Um, I mean, it, it, it's its other name is feral hog. Suscrofa, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, they're, they're, no, don't worry about gators. Now, I say this, of course. Um, I have my own swamp walk story. Uh, but let me let me start by saying... For my birthday this year, my husband got me a uh, two-night stay down in the Everglades and a photo safari swamp walk. Uh, it's a three-hour swamp walk with at Clyde Butcher. Clyde Butcher doesn't lead it, but um, it takes you to some of the place, some of Clyde's favorite places to take pictures. It's a walk through the swamp. Um, it it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going later this month, and. Uh, the hope is it doesn't go the same way our last swamp walk did. Have I talked about my swamp walk? No, I haven't heard about your swamp walk. Wow. Okay. So a um, couple of years ago, my friend Sandy and her husband Joe said, we want to do a swamp walk through Big Cypress. And I said, that sounds amazing. And Sandy says, it's ranger-led I'll make the arrangements. We'll go down. We'll stay at the Rod and Gun Club and we'll go the next morning. It's a three hour, two hour walk in the swamp, whatever it's supposed to be. It'll be great. So we go down there and I say, well, where are we meeting? And they say, well, we're meeting at Monroe Station. And I say, well, that's not possible. Monroe Station burned down. Monroe Station was a comfort station along the Tamiami Trail years ago. And I, it was 2015. It was a beautiful old historic structure, right? It wasn't operational anymore. Um, but some idiot decided that they were going to climb to the top of this old wooden historic building and do this photography trick where they get steel wool, put it on the end of a string, light the steel wool on fire, and spin it because you get really neat light effects with your camera. Monroe Station burned down. Oh. Yes, it was very sad. So when Sandy says, well, we're going to meet at Monroe Station, I'm like, well, it's not there anymore. She goes, I don't know. That's what it says on the website. I called. That's where they said to meet. I'm like, okay. So I'm already a little iffy about this, right? And so <laughs> we drive up to this vacant lot that is now a parking lot the next morning. And there is a guy waiting for us, except He's driving a Toyota Camry, which is not what you expect to be the official vehicle of the Big Cypress <laughs> National Preserve, whatever. And it's got out-of-state plates. <laughs> so I'm like, Jesus, we went to this vacant lot. We're meeting this guy who, yes, he has park ranger clothes on, and he's very young. 
to me. I'm 50, right? So everybody's very young now. And uh, he gives us all big sticks, like two-inch dowels that are about four feet tall. And he says, well, you're going to use these for the ground in front of you to make sure it's solid and you can walk on it. I'm like, all right. Um, and there's there's our group and one other guy and this this kid who goes on and on before we get started. He does a great job. He pulls out the schematic of the Everglades and talks about water and how important uh, the flow is to all types of life, things like that. And then he starts talking about don't worry about alligators. And he says, we are not going to go anywhere near alligators today. And now in my mind, I'm like, well, he's full of shit. (laughs) It's, It's not possible. I mean... The only time you can be the only time in Florida you can be assured there are no alligators near you is if you're in a high rise because they're everywhere. But okay, he's clearly trying to make us feel better. So we start walking and we go into the swamp and break it was beautiful. It was absolutely gorgeous. Like bromeliads everywhere. He takes us into a cypress dome. And we are standing around this giant cypress tree that is so big. There's like 10 of us standing around it, and we couldn't touch hands if we wanted to. Wow. It was incredible. Um, And so I'm really into it now. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm sure he's really a national. And he was. I mean, spoiler alert, the guy did work for Big Cypress. Um, I don't know why he had an out-of-state Camry, but I'm sure it's something to do with government contracts. So we're walking, and I am just – now I'm in my glory, right? Like, I've forgotten all my misgivings, and I'm walking – And I am first in line behind this guy because I am obnoxious as hell on tours like this. Like, I've got questions. I want to know this. And he's talking and talking about alligators. And I finally said, Riley, should we be concerned about hog? And he's like, oh, yeah, those are bad. (laughs) And then just keeps talking. Like, okay, fine. Walking, 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 looking all around, looking up, looking at the trees. And it's so cool because we have walked from this parking lot down this gravel road, he took us down this very narrow footpath. And within five steps of being down this footpath, you turn around, you don't see where you came in. Like it was that quick that you get that immersed in the swamp. We were walking and all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. He turns around and he goes, stop, don't put your foot down. And he's pointing at me. And I had been very close to putting my foot down on a juvenile cottonmouth moccasin that was curled up, staring at me, not real happy about it. I back up. I, of course, try and take a picture. I have the picture. It's hysterical. It looks like one of those magic eye pictures because my hands are shaking so bad (laughs) because it was real. I was really, I don't know how he noticed it. I don't know what led to it. But we all just stood there for a, it felt like an hour. I'm sure it was all of four minutes staring at it. And he starts to explain that um, the juveniles are not really, I guess, I don't know if this is true. What I remember him saying is that the adult snakes are a little bit better about defending themselves and they can almost regulate how much venom they use, but the juveniles don't know how. So their bites are actually more problematic for people than the adults. So that was the last time I looked up for the rest of the tour. I saw a lot of leaves. (laughs) Um, But we're still walking. 
And, you know, I'm starting to think, as you know, this, we were supposed to be back by 11 and it's like 1045 and we're still kind of in the thick of it. And I don't know where we are. And finally, I don't know what happened, but Riley said, well, y'all stay right here. I'm going to go over there and see if we can get out that way. And that's the first time we realize he's not really sure how to get out either. (laughs) Well, couldn't you just turn around? You can't see where you came from. You can't well, I, see. I mean, there's a trail, though. No, isn't there? we were not on a trail. There oh, was a trail leading oh. into the Cypress Dome. Oh, oh, oh no, gosh. no, That's no. a little scary. It was, it was, um, and so, of course, in my mind, I'm like, okay, so if I have to run away from this guy because he's a serial killer, am I going to run on that snake again? My shoes are not thick enough because they said wear water shoes. I mean, I was, I was, I was like, is he, in, but no, he was seriously, he could tell where we needed to get to, what he couldn't find, because they have those big borrow pits they dig out for roads. He couldn't find a way for us to get across it without, to get back to the road without crossing through the water, which was not a clear water. Um, So he walks away. He comes back and his big old stick, his his three foot, four foot tall dowel, is broken in half. And he goes, we're not going to go that way. And I just looked at him and I went, Riley, man, what the hell happened in there? He's like, well, we're going to go that way. And I'm like, so now we're walking. We're late. You know, we're, we're, and I'm under my breath going, I told you Monroe Station burned down. You never go into the woods with somebody who isn't, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get a little concerned because I am now getting thirsty. And I, I almost stepped on a snake and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it was a little, we were all, Riley was not sure where he was going. And it's one thing to follow a stranger into the swamp, but then when you realize a stranger can't get you out, it <laughs> takes on a different quality. So finally, it's like 1130, we're half an hour late back. Um, he says, we're going to have to go through the water. And he says, this is adorable. He says, um, now I want you all to see, come to the edge of the, the bank or the borrow, the borrow pit. He says, I want you to look down at the water level, look both ways. You would be able, you would be able to see the eyes of the gator. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Like, you can tell he's just trying to make us feel better at this point. And he says, this is probably only knee deep. Don't worry about it. So I decide. I am going to go next to last because I figure statistically, <laughs> right? Like statistically, yeah. that'll be like eight other people ahead of me. That'll be good. So it is not knee deep, Rick. It is for five foot four, Kathy. It is chest deep. Oh, And of course, I hit the water and I crash down on a bunch of twigs. So I go down a little bit deeper and I scream because I'm plunging into water i can't see are you are you swimming are you waiting at this point waiting i mean waiting yeah he had been very clear don't swim because if you swim gators think you're prey oh god (laughs) and why we're still listening to this guy i don't know um so we all get across we're walking back and this 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 guy is still going on about gators now bear in mind he has seen several snakes. I almost stepped on one. We got lost in the swamp. We did not see a single gator. And I just finally look at him and I say, Riley, 
you're not from around here, are you? And I felt like such a Southerner saying that to him. But he's like, no, ma'am, I moved down from Colorado last week. They transferred me. (laughs) (laughs) I was so pissed. So so we're about, Barry and I, later this month, are about to go back down into Big Cypress and do another two-hour hike. So, um, I'm going to wear better shoes. Good. And um, I'm hoping that um, Clyde Butcher's staff is a little bit better at this than. It's funny because I have Google Maps open and it says Monroe Station permanently closed. And then there's a loop road that, that leaves from there and it says route through Gator Ridge Forest. Yes, that is, that is, <laughs> that is the little rock road we walked to get into the swamp. Now, that all said, it's given me a a great story because the image of this kid, and I'm sorry, he was a kid coming back with this big ass stick broken in half. And all he says is, we're not going to go that way. I mean, it's a great story. (laughs) I didn't have teeth marks on it. (laughs) I didn't look, man. I I thought he was a serial killer. I don't know. I thought he had gotten the park service outfit at like a Goodwill or something at this point. Um. You know, it was not skink taking us into the swamp. So it was Dexter. It, it was Dexter. <laughs> but I got to tell you, it was still amazing. It was still absolutely one of the best experiences I've ever had in Florida. Um, it was really beautiful. And it is nice to see how quickly you can be into the woods. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, um, it's, it's really beautiful country down there. So did the did the snake move off the trail? How did you get around the snake? Oh, we walked around it. We he gave didn't it a move. Oh no, no, no. He was or she. Um, he was napping. I woke him up. And then of course we all stood and stared at him while I tried to get a picture and Riley talked about use this as a teachable moment um about cotton mouths. And we finally just we if he had moved, I would have lost my shit. I mean, at that point. Because- but it's almost worse because generally if they move, they're going to move away from you. I was on a hike, uh, Tassahatchee, which is out by Christmas. And I, I used to be in the Big Brother program. And my little brother and I were out there on a hike. And there's a, a snake right in the middle of the trail. And it's not moving. And it's like, you know, we had, it was early in the hike. I wanted to keep going. But the snake wasn't going to get out of the way for us. So, like, what do you do? So, <laughs> the great big brother I am, I said, let's get a running start and jump over it. Oh, my God, Rick. <laughs> I Never mean, it was try and run at a snake. Doesn't know you're going to jump over it. <laughs> well, that's what we ended up doing. Because <laughs> it wasn't moving. It wasn't getting out of the way. I think it was cold out. and It was just kind of, you know, thawing out and... And it was not a poisonous snake. It was definitely not a poisonous snake. But, you know, to a little kid, that was a long time ago. Don't come after me. Child's in therapy now. Um, (laughs) No, he's an adult. He has his own kids. It was a long time ago. But, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that happens when you're out there in the woods. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, makes for great stories afterwards. And so, you know, the big thing you need to know if you're going hiking and there are two types of venomous snakes in Florida you have to worry about. One of them, if you get one type, if you get bit by it, apparently you should not get your heart rate up 
Like you want to keep your heart rate nice and low and calm until you can get to a medical provider um, because that'll make the venom go through your system faster. And then the other type is you just need to get to the doctor as soon as possible. So you just need to know which is which. Oh, in terms of the oh, actually being bitten because there's more venomous snakes here, but th- those are the the two types. Those of are the venom. two types of venom. Yes. Okay, so one is one is the cotton mouth, and one is the rattler. I don't know. Oh well, there's also see that's that's my fatal failing. I do not. Know. <laughs> there's also remember in the yearling, you know, when the guy gets bit, and it's like, oh, you got to suck it out and spit spit no, the poison out. No, never snuck. No, that actually. <laughs> that's not don't suck out the poison that's like the worst thing you can do do you do they still sell those snake bite kits they used to where you and it comes with like a razor blade and then it's like a thing that like is a suction thing to suck it out and they used to sell those at all the trail stores and, and places let like tackle shops and places like that i used to i never had one but i thought man that would be really tough to have one they of those. still they still sell it but i don't they think do. it's a good idea yeah rei sells one you could of course oh. get anything on amazon um survival snake bite kit built for the australian environment that is <laughs> that is that is a total different level of of everything um i was happy not to get bitten Let's put it that way. But um, I will, our show notes, our our episode picture this week is going to be the picture I took of this swamp I snake. don't see the snake. You sent me the picture. I can't I find the snake in the picture. It just He's looks there. like green I, stuff my, and some sticks and some sand. He is almost in the center. Um, if you look right at the edge of the green stuff, you can see his little head poking out. Now, he's juvenile, so he's not black. He was actually leaf colored. Um, oh, I see his little head. Yeah, you can see why I didn't. Oh yeah, you see the see black him. stripe. That's that's kind of you know it's a moccasin because that black stripe goes right through their eye. You know it's a moccasin because yeah, that's the, the a, that. I, I almost stepped on a snake once in Wallaca, and um, I still have nightmares about it. So we're talking when I was a little kid, so forty years ago, or you know more than forty <laughs> years ago. I still okay. have nightmares about it. Um, it, it's what? crazy because um, it's something really, really primal, I think. And then I also, also think it's part of our culture to fear snakes because, you know, the story of the serpent and Adam and Eve, it's like enculturated into us to be afraid of snakes. For so I work very, very hard. Eve was not, not scared of the snake. No. Well, men I, are actually more fearful of snakes in my experience than women. It's really weird. Men do not like them. Yeah, I, 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 I I've worked hard. You know, my brother had snakes growing up and he used to torment me with them. And he also had he also had this ceramic um rattlesnake that was coiled up and he would always leave it around the house to scare me. And it always did. But I've been working very hard to embrace my fear and get have come to be on better terms with snakes. So now I do not run shrieking into the night when I see them. I actually observe them and they're fascinating to watch i love the way they move nothing on this planet moves as beautifully as snakes do they're beautiful and they are they're they're art they're really art when you watch the movie we have a lot of black snakes in our yard and i'm always just so happy to see them especially this time of year because they're moving a little slow and i can get a little closer and you know i i i i will say that when i was in my 20s i made the effort to learn what snakes I had to worry about and which ones I didn't. 
And I am fascinated with venomous snakes. I so much so that I actually got mad at my husband uh, when we were when I was working on backroads. We went down to Lake Okeechobee, and he used to deliver boats years ago, and they would always cross across the locks through Lake Okeechobee. Uh, to get the boat from the Atlantic to the to the Gulf. And he would talk about how after dinner at night, walking back, there'd be moccasins stretched out on you know the docks and stuff like that. And I became convinced that when we went down there, when I was working on the book, we would just see them. And so we're walking around Lake Okeechobee. We're up on the levee, you know, walking around the top of the dike, and there's no venomous snakes. And I actually got mad at him. Like irrationally <laughs> upset, I was promised a snake. I went up to Toria State Park because I read an article about how you could see Copperhead there. I didn't see a single venomous snake. I got mad at the writer of the article. Um, it, it, I really have an appreciation for snakes, but I did. I did. <laughs> I used to teach a nature photography class, and I taught it for a local park. And they used to have a corn snake. Someone had surrendered to them. And I think the corn snake had been born in captivity, so they couldn't just release him onto one of their trails. And it's Boyd Hill. They have beautiful hiking trails, but they knew this little snake wouldn't survive. So he was kind of one of their exhibits. And since I was teaching there, they would let me, the week we did photographing wildlife, one of the things I wanted the class to focus on is getting your focus locked on the eyes of whatever animal you're trying to photograph. Like you want the eyes to be in focus. So this little corn snake, he was adorable. His name was Belt. Um, Belt. I, would get, I would get Belt <laughs> out. Um, and I would do a, a short little lecture and I would let Belt hang out on me because he needed to warm up. And by the time I was done with the lecture, he would have gotten warm enough that he would be curious. So I would walk him around to each of the students in the class and let them try and focus on his eyes. It's, I mean, cause you're not going to be able to do this in the wild, right? Like the closest they were going to come to being able to get an animal on one of the trails here was probably one of the gopher tortoise. So this was a good way for them to practice photographing wildlife. The women by and large did not have a problem with this, but most of the men would little tiny corn snake, non-venomous, this little snake would like be like, hey, how's it going? You look pretty cool. Let me let me investigate your camera. And they would rear back. The men did not like snakes. And this happened through many classes. And it was the weirdest thing to me. I don't know why. I don't know if it's an Adam and Eve thing. We can't get kicked out of the Garden of Eden twice. <laughs> so have you been to any of the uh, attractions that have snakes? There's a great one. And I can't remember. We may have talked about this on previous episodes. The one in St. Cloud. I think it's called Reptile World. And it is it is such a throwback place. And the guy there, you know, he milks the, the cobras and the rattlesnakes and stuff like that. And he's missing fingers, you know, just like the... Bill Hast Host was the famous guy in at the Miami Serpentarium. It's he's cut from that kind of Ross Allen cloth, you know, old school. Uh, and um that you know, they do the same thing. They milk them for the venom and then they send the venom out for anti-venom all over the country. And you, you can witness it. And it's crazy because you know, they they're kept in these little boxes. It's like a safety deposit box. And they they pull in a, a box out and then they open the box up, and then he has that little hook. 
And he, he, you know, the snake will inevitably get on the floor and he tries to hook it. But then, you know, some, some of them don't like it. And we're talking king cobras. Of course Crazy, they don't like huge, it. huge, huge snakes. And it's, it makes you cringe, but it's solid, solid entertainment. Well, not for the snakes. Not for the snakes. But, it, you know, it's all for a good, good thing because the anti-venom, we need the anti I don't know how much we need the uh, cobra anti-venom here although there was that escape cobra in central florida a couple years the o- ago the ocala cobra remember that yes he had a he had a social media account he did <laughs> i was just happy that little cobra never made it down to the everglades to mate with one of the pythons because i feel like <laughs> you have a movie there i think I, I, we do. We have a Jim Wynarski, I think. You like, need a uh, shark involved somehow. Like maybe well, that would be, they would fight the sharks or something like that. But Cobra Gator versus, you know, shark. Python killer. Yeah. It's, it's something. It's, it's, you know, we could, we could make some money. We could write that. That's Bang true. it out. AI could help us with the finer points. That's true. And uh, so, I mean, how do you feel about snakes in captivity? I, you know, for me, when I see animals in captivity, you know, one, the best place to see animals <laughs> generally, I, I, I don't, I'm not like you. I don't desire to see poisonous, venomous snakes in the wild. I have no desire to do that. I enjoy seeing wildlife in the wild because you, you, sh- you share that space with them. You, for a minute there, you are with a wild animal in the same space. I'm not a big fan of animals in captivity, but what it allows you to do is to really get close to them and really observe them for a longer period of time. Because, you know, most snakes, if you see them on a trail, are going to move away quickly because they're scared of you. They're not going to sit there forever and ever and let you, you know, look at how the scales overlap and, the, you know, the patterns through its eyes. So you generally move on pretty quickly. So what I like about places like that, you know, you can really – from a visual point of view, just kind of observe these animals and come away with a better appreciation. Now, I don't think it's good for them. It sucks for them to live in a stupid little aquarium with a heat lamp. Um, so, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's complicated because I agree with you. I have no problem owning a domesticated animal. I don't know how much one can domesticate. A snake. And I'm sure there are people who will tell you you can. I'm not judging anyone. Um, by and large, for tourist attractions, the only time I really feel good about having a non-domesticated animal in captivity is kind of as a species ambassador. Um, there is a place in the Keys that I don't go to because I can't stand their dolphin show, but they have a swim with the sharks program. And they're nurse sharks, so they can't hurt you. Uh, And they have it, they told me, because they want people to understand that the image of a great white shark is this little tiny bit of the shark um, world. And if all you think of is Bruce from Jaws, you don't care when you hear about shark finning or shark fin soup. But if you can interact with, say, a nurse shark, and you can say, oh, wait, sharks are pretty cool. We shouldn't do that. Then it's, um, it, it, I get a kind of Star Trek feeling about it. Like the needs of the many supersede the needs or wants of the few or the one or whatever the quote is. Um, 
those sharks in captivity are not living their best life. But if it's for the species to continue to exist without being imperiled, then I think it's it's a trade-off. It's it's worthwhile. I feel the same way about endangered animals, um, Komodo dragons in captivity. Um, elephants, African elephants. I don't think they should be at every zoo, but I think zoos that actually have enrichment programs and really are doing a lot of work to to really educate people. Um, I got into this with a woman I know who is an animal rights, I guess I would call her a writer. And she got very upset that I was going to, I was writing about uh, an interaction at Disney's Animal Kingdom called Caring for Giants, where they, they, you pay a little extra and they take you backstage. You don't touch the animals. You don't come close to them, but you get to see them from a closer vantage point. And they also talk about um, the problems facing the animals, right? Like, and what can be done. And she got very upset that I would do it, called it greenwashing the whole thing. But where I came away from that at the end of the day was like, look, how many millions of people pass through that attraction every year? Not the special one, but just like the little safari ride where the guide tells them about poaching and why you don't want ivory and all these different things. And no, those elephants are not living the same life they would live on the savanna, but for them, there's a chance other people are going to have a better awareness of the dangers, right? So I think that's, as a conservationist, where I come down with any animal in captivity is if you can keep an animal in captivity and really make it work for conservation, like really change the future of the species for good, then I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, having, it is. A, it is having complicated. Having a snake at a gas station, so <laughs> that I'm not okay with. Like you know, we used to do that, right? Stop, <laughs> fill up your tank, get a cup of coffee, and look—a dangerous rattlesnake. I, I'm not okay with that. Um, it's hard. Like right, it, it's really hard. I have no problem having a steak, but I don't want to ride a horse. I don't ever want to be on the back of a horse. We're a complicated. Group. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I, I, the vision you had of the, you know, the animal kept at a gas station. One of the times I went down to the Keys, we stopped at Homestead to spend the night because uh, we had left. I think it was late on a Friday night. And we see the Hurricane Andrew Motel. And there are pictures of it after Hurricane Man Andrew came. And it took the roofs off every single building. And I swear to God, it stunk so bad in there. I don't think they cleaned the carpet. But in the lobby was this huge fish tank covered in scum with an alligator in there it just stunk so bad oh it was so gross so yeah, we, gross. we have the state fair coming up and uh i live very close to the florida state fair do you go i haven't been since i was in fourth grade i have not <laughs> been since 2012 but i am um, they have the fwc has a hall there i i am very weird when i go to the state fair i have no interest in the rides can't really eat most of the food. They have some wonderful fish tank displays. Um, the state has a great example about, I forget if it's agricultural and consumer services, but they always have a great little setup that shows how long you can tell somebody's been dead by what type of insects you find on them. 
Um, that is an only in Florida experience, I'm pretty sure. And because <laughs> it, it presupposes that at some point you're going to find a dead body, right? Um, but they also have this FWC exhibit where one year they were giving away um, longleaf pine saplings, but they have a little tank with a little gator in it. And I always feel bad for that little gator, like, because he's never going to be a big gator. He's never going to get released into Lake Okeechobee. He's destined for tail meat and handbags. Aww. But he's, well, that's what they do when they get too big. When you raise a gator in a, I mean, what would be, but what would be more cruel? You have this gator in a fish tank, clean water, not your gas station experience. And they, he gets too big because they, you know, you cannot domesticate a gator. Uh, there comes a point where it is not safe to bring this gator around to exhibits, right? So what do you do with it? You can't release it into the wild because would it even be able to survive? So what do you do with it? Gatorland. Gatorland, uh, yes. Gatorland. Zip li- have you ever ziplined over the gators? <laughs> no, I haven't. It's and I need. I'm due for. You know, I lo- I like Gatorland a lot. Be- one of the things I love about it is they have this bird rookery. Where you can see the the nesting waiting birds like spoonbills and egrets and stuff, and you can get close to them because, you know, they choose to have their nest there because the varmints can't get to them because of all the alligators in the swamp. So raccoons and things that would generally try and eat the eggs are not coming close to the the lagoon there because they're infested with alligators. So so it's pretty safe, and they have these boardwalks. And as a birder, it's spectacular. I think the place in St. Augustine Alligator Farm has the same experience. And I, I've never been there, but that's one of my favorite things to do. You know, I was thinking about the the last time I went to Silver Springs before it became a state park. And it was still kind of on the cusp of being a roadside attraction. And they had it basically a zoo. And I remember, you know, they had grizzly bears and stuff that they shouldn't have in florida and there was a black bear and you know how animals pace you know when they're they're in captivity and they just go back and and it had worn out a trail along the edge of its thing and you know you you couldn't lock eyes with it because it was like in a trance and it was like it was like the worst ever experience of seeing animal captivity animals in captivity they had two giraffes and i think the giraffes at least one of them ended up dying maybe both of them it was like an exotic animal park in order to draw people away from i75 to get them to silver springs um when it became a state park both silver springs and wikiwachi had pivoted so they didn't have exotic animals anymore so they still have animal shows but they're usually or at least wikiwachi did when i went they're they're about gopher tortoises Oh, it's Indigo an incredible snakes. show now. It is an yeah. incredible show now. And it's, it educates, you know, so on the one hand, you know, I liked seeing, you know, they had this, uh, it was Ross Allen land or something like that. There were all these islands with boardwalks and they had every kind of caiman and alligator and crocodile that existed. So it, it was kind of cool to see all the different, um, in the alligator family, all the different relatives and things like that. But I also was really really tortured by that black bear just going back and forth back and forth and back and forth and it you know it was messed up in the head by being in captivity it's it's very sad and it didn't help the species right so i yeah, get no, it. I get no. It. so that's not the positive <laughs> note i wanted to end on rick <laughs> well there are you know i i would say there are good animal experiences out there and some of them you know, have kind of um, 
an essence of that old Florida roadside attraction history in it, but with a modern twist. So, you know, Wikiwachi is a great example. You can learn about native Florida species. I don't know that they have one at Silver Springs anymore. Um, I'm a sucker, you know, I like Sarasota Jungle Gardens. You know, they have that, they still have the, 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 what are they, cockatiels or? Oh, they um, have surrendered pets, yes. And they're ancient. I mean, they have ones that are missing a lot of feathers because they live forever. Well, they're missing feathers. The ones that are missing feathers are usually ones that are either molting or some birds self-mutilate if they're in captivity and not able to get. I mean, it's one of the nice things about those shows is that they most of them now take surrendered parrots. Oh, and they train them and the parrots finally, finally, finally get the social interaction they need. Um. So they start to heal. Oh. So we could do a whole show on that. Seriously. Well, I, I enjoy those shows just because to me, it's a link to our history of the roadside attraction. And it's interesting because they, they still have a, a parrot show at Animal Kingdom, yes. which is uh, a, another version of that. And I did a blog about that because, you know, I love the kind of the roadside attraction era of florida history and anything i can find that kind of bridges that that's not the gross alligator in the tank although i have to admit there's a side of me that sees that as kitschy and campy the same way i like taxidermy even though it's gross and nasty and disgusting but well the animals are already dead with the taxidermy taxidermy. yeah i mean it's um the first show this they actually have a new show there since their 20th anniversary at where um, at Animal Kingdom, the first show was the funny one because it was it, it made fun of the kitschy shows. Like it even had the phrase, and I have a whole talk based on this phrase. Oh, is there going to be a bird on a bicycle? Nothing says Florida <laughs> like a bird on a bicycle. I know. I love that. Um, I was so <laughs> sad when they got rid of that. Um, oh. Yeah. And so, but the new show is good. They really do, um, you know. They pay tribute to – it is one of the facets of our culture. We're not going to ever get away from that, right? No, no. It, it's a big part of Florida. It's like flamingos. You know, it's interesting now. We've talked about this before. You, you know, I'm seeing more and more places that have flamingos in the wild. You know, they have it over here on the East Coast. Now, before it was just on the Gulf Coast, but there's some in uh, near Merritt Island. So, you know, for a while, it was almost like flamingos, the only place you could go to see them other than you know a roadside attraction was at the racetrack down in south florida now they're popping up everywhere which is kind of cool although i still haven't seen them i haven't either but i have um this afternoon one of the co-hosts from florida madcaps podcast ryan is headed into this area and we were gonna go out to egmont but looks like the boats only run once a day this time of year so i think we're gonna try and see if we can find a flamingo maybe at fort Desoto. i don't know if they're that far south or what but i will bring cool. my camera and if i get a flamingo picture i will send it to you rick hopefully it's better than your snake picture <laughs> okay you know what let's see how you do buddy boy i <laughs> know Mine would be blurrier. I'm. I know it. I know it. I'd be running as fast as I can. Of course you would. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, um, I think I'm going to go take a walk in the woods. Ah, have fun. You too. Everyone else, have a great week. Go out in the wilderness. Don't get lost. Bring your snake stick.